thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Brilliant. Brill. Well, uh, we start a new series today. If you've been with us for many, many years, then um, recently we've done all sorts. We've looked at the Psalms. We've looked at some Isaiah. We're going to go back to Isaiah later in the year. But uh, today we're going to look at a a series called Follow Me. And uh, we're going to look at all the times that Jesus said, follow me. What did it mean? Who was he asking? And actually, what was the response? So that's what we're looking at over the next five weeks, I think it is. Um, And we're going to be looking mainly in Matthew's Gospel, but we are going to look at a few other passages this morning. So if you have got a Bible, it's always helpful to have it and underline and mark out where it is. But Matthew chapter 4 today, we're going to be looking at verses 18 to 22. Over the years, I have waited for many, many calls. Okay, I don't know about you, you might have waited for phone calls, really important phone calls. Maybe it was a call from Roz to say she'd got home safely after a weekend visiting her boyfriend. That was me, obviously. She didn't go and visit her boyfriend (laughs) and then phone me to tell me she was home safe. That would be weird. But yeah, waiting for that phone call, you know? It's not like today where you can track people on your phone, you know? That's a bit scary, isn't it, that you can track... When Joel's coming home from Gloucester in the past, we used to track where he was on the motorway because we could do Find My Phone and, and we could see where he was. I had to wait for that call. Or maybe you've had a job interview and it's that waiting after the interview to see whether you've got it. Or university interview, Katie Dodd. Maybe it's that waiting, and the more the wait goes on, you think, it can't be mine. It can't be mine. I mustn't have got it. Or maybe you think, oh, the wait until the end to tell the person who's got it, so I'm safe. Waiting for that call. Or maybe after three years of applying and forgetting that I had done it, I got an unexpected call to go on the chase. And, you know, the chase wanted to know if I was still interested in being on the show. And after all the grief that I've had over that one question... That one question, part of me wonders, should I have bothered listening to that call? Should I have gone, no thanks, because Sam McDonald will make a meme with me on it crying and all sorts of things. And that's just not fair, is it? It's just mean. You know, I have been bullied. Even in family quizzes, there's always a reference to it. But I waited for that call. You know, when Joel was about to be born, I taught uh, Islet School in a, primary, in a porter cabin no phone connection to the real world, I had a pager. Can you remember pages? I had a pager because it was the only way Ros would be able to tell me if she'd gone into labour. So these days, a pager, catch you, it's a little box that you sit in your pocket and somebody texts it and it says, Ros is having a baby, come now. That's what it says. Uh, doctors have it all the time, but pagers, you know, we, we don't have to wait an awful lot anymore, but this series centres around the call of Jesus. And I believe that Jesus is still calling you and me today. And maybe you've been waiting for a call. Maybe you've not even anticipated God making a call on your life. But I want to tell you that he does and he will. We just need to listen. So what is the call that Jesus gives? Follow me. 
When you see that up there, follow me. It's not follow Johnny Harrison. It's not follow Spring Mount. It's follow Jesus. These are the words he spoke to people that he met. Follow me. And he speaks over you today. Follow me. When I hear that call, it reminds me a bit of a superhero or a disaster film. You know, you've got that group of people who are trapped in a burning building or trapped under rubble and there is no way out, there's no escape and then all of a sudden the chiselled hero or heroine uh, comes in to the room and says, follow me. He's their escape or she's their escape route to safety. A call to safety. You know, God's call to follow him is for rescue. It is to rescue us because we're trapped in this world. We're trapped in a dark place. We're trapped in the midst of a thing we can't get out of on our own. But I want to also say today that God's call isn't necessarily to safety. (laughs) Eventually it is. But God's call is to adventure. God's call is to a journey. God's call doesn't just stop at the rescue. It doesn't just stop at the rescue. It's a call to live life with him. Not just a one moment thing where you're rescued, but a call to be rescued and to travel with him. So let's read Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. If you've got your Bibles, if you haven't, they should be on the screen behind us because our tech team, especially Jake, are so wonderful. Okay, I've got to keep saying that this morning because I've I've upset him. So you're all right with me now, aren't you? Yeah, that's good. He's forgiven me. That's what it's all about, everybody. Okay, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22 says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately... They left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Simple verses. Again, if you've never read the Bible much or you struggle to read it, just read the passage we've read on a Sunday at the very least, and God will remind you of what he wants to say to you. But Jesus here has started his ministry. People in the area are aware of who he is. They're aware of what he's doing. And he started to show that he's more than just a man. He isn't just a simple carpenter's son. But he is more than that. He's announced himself in the synagogue as the one who has come to be, who is anointed to preach the good news. The one who has come to heal, to save. The one who has come to restore and the one who has come to set free. And there is a buzz starting about this teacher. If you've not seen The Chosen, the TV series that's available on an app and on YouTube, watch it. Because it gives you a real insight into how Jesus became known at that time and the, the situations the disciples were in. But this teacher was unlike any other teacher. He wasn't all about the rules and the regulations. He wasn't all about oppressing them and saying, well, you've got to do this or you can't follow me. He was different. There was something special. He was anointed, anointed by God. And so many of the people at the time gathered at the side of the Sea of Galilee to hear what he had to say because he's showing himself to be different. They wanted to listen to what this person had to say. Just a little bit of information regarding this point on the the Sea of Galilee. If you were to go there today, there is a small chapel on the shores of Galilee and it's dedicated to this 
call of Peter. It's dedicated to the time when he was called. And it's a place that is very special. It's at the point of the sea where seven freshwater streams flow in to the sea. And the Hebrew uh, alphabet and the, the, the Jewish language is really full of numbers and significant numbers. So the number seven, some of you will know this one, the number seven is the perfect number. It's linked to the days of creation. It's linked to all those other things. It's linked to the holy days. Seven is perfect. So Jesus calls Peter in this place where seven streams flow into the sea. It's a perfect place to call him. It would be significant. It was a perfect place to meet with a perfect person that is Jesus. Jesus saw them as the perfect people to call. You might be sitting here today, or you might be watching here today, and you might think, well, God won't be interested in me. But Jesus went to the perfect place, and he knew the perfect people to call. Not because they were perfect, but they were the right people. They were the people that he could work with. They were the people who were open and willing to say yes. No one else would have called these fishermen. Not one other rabbi. That's why they were fishermen. They weren't important or educated enough. Nobody else would have said to them, follow me. But Jesus did. And today, you might think, I'm not important. You might think, I'm, 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 I'm a low person. You don't know my past, Johnny. Jesus does. And he still says to you today, follow me. Follow me. That's what he said to these fishermen, these low-educated, rough, tough, fiery fishermen. James and John had a nickname. They were known as the Sons of Thunder. I don't think it's because they were peaceful and calm. I'm fairly certain they were quite fiery, quite argumentative, quite, you know, questioning, really being a bit of a pain maybe. I don't think they were called Sons of Thunder for anything other than their temperament. God can calm even the storm inside you and the storm with you. And Jesus' call comes to these two rough and ready fishermen. It says, follow me. Follow me. So first of all, he goes to these two brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. I do feel a bit sorry for Andrew because he doesn't get much of a mention after that. He gets a few bits, but actually he doesn't seem as important. But he obviously was because he was chosen. Don't think you're not important because you're not somebody who's in the worship team or somebody. God has called you and he has chosen you. And he says, just respond to me. Come, follow me. He goes first of all to two brothers, Peter and Andrew. And then he goes to another, James and John. And you could think, well, maybe they were rivals in the fishing industry. Maybe there was competition there. Maybe actually Jesus was calling these two and these two to bring them together because God brings unity. But if we look in Luke's gospel, we find out that they are partners. But I still think there was probably a bit of competition. They would want to bring the, they would want to bring the most fish in themselves. They would want to be the ones who brought the, the money into the business. Jesus calls simply. He doesn't make it complicated. This morning, whether you're a Christian or not, he says, follow me. Maybe you're a Christian and you've sort of been satisfied with just the rescue. He's calling again today, I want you to follow me. Don't just stay where you are, follow me. Walk with me, journey with me, move forwards with me. Don't just stay still. Jesus calls simply. He calls the unlikely and he calls to unite. And he calls to bring together. And he is still doing the same today. Will you follow him? 
Will you trust him? He's calling us to do it. We might think we're unlikely. We might think it needs to be more complicated than that. But Jesus simply says, follow me. His call is also connected to who they are. It's connected to their gifts, their abilities. What does Jesus say to these fishermen? He says, I'm going to teach you a different type of fishing. You've been fishing for the fish in the sea. I'm going to teach you to fish for people. I'm going to teach you to go out there and reach people who are unreachable. I'm going to teach you to build the church. I'm going to teach you to rescue men and women because you'll tell them to follow Jesus. That's the call, to follow Jesus. He rescued them and he journeyed with them. Yo, Jesus says to them, I want to use your skills. I want to use your abilities. I want to use the things that are in you, the things that you know that you can do. But also he wants to give you new things to do. But he wants to give you the abilities you've already got and says, I want you to have more. I don't want you to just be stuck where you are. I want you to put what you've got into action. Yeah? That's what the call to follow him is, to put what you've got into action. To do more than, to be more than, because he is more than. I want you to be fishers of men. Also, when he calls them, he says, I don't call you to be isolated. I don't call you to be alone. He calls two brothers, then he calls another two. Do you notice that? He doesn't just go to the individual and leave them there. He brings people together. He brings people together so that together they can work for him. Do you know... The first disciples he chose were the ones he kept the closest. Peter, James, and John, they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And those were in book group. I, see, I remembered now that the Mount of Transfiguration is also in the area of Moriah, just so you know. The Mount of Transfiguration, he called Peter, James, and John to be with him in that precious moment. He called them to be with him in Gethsemane, at his most vulnerable point. And he called them in to see people healed and raised that the others weren't allowed in to see. He called them in because they were close. They were chosen. They were accepted, even though they were unimportant fishermen. And the same is true today. He calls you because he loves you. Not because of what you can do, but he will use your gifts if you let him. He will allow you to do it. Let's read some verses from Luke chapter 5. Because this is the same call from Luke chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. It says this. When they had done so, Jesus tells them to cast the nets on the other side, if you remember. They'd been fishing all night and hadn't caught anything. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Jesus showed them how to fish, even for fish. These were professionals. These were experienced. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. See? A bit more information there that we find. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and followed him. Same story, different perspective, more detail, different person's viewpoint. And then again, after the death of Jesus, I'm reading quite a bit of the Bible at this point. Don't be offended because that's what we're about. (laughs) 
After the death of Jesus, Jesus brings them back to the very same place they were called. This place of perfect, the perfect place to call these imperfect people. Jesus brings them back there. They've gone back fishing. Jesus has died. They're not sure what's going to happen next. They, and they go fishing again. And it says afterwards, John chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. It says, afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Back at the beginning, they'd caught nothing. They'd been up all night. Professional fishermen's caught nothing. And Jesus says, do it this way. And they got an abundance because they followed Jesus' call. Here, they'd caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realise it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. I'm sure it wasn't a, no, we haven't. No, probably like a 14-year-old, you know, answering back. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. At this moment, their brains must have been going, hang on a minute, we've been here before. Hold on. Does anyone remember a similar scene to this happening? They were told where to fish again and they brought in a huge number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John who wrote this bit, said to Peter, he wasn't biased, but anyway, it is the Lord. What was his response on the day he was called Lord? He recognised Jesus for who he was and said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Here, he says, it's the Lord. He realises there's another chance, there's another call, there's another possibility to keep following even though he's messed up, even though he's messed up and gone away, there's another chance. Jesus doesn't stop calling. He doesn't stop moving. He doesn't stop trying to get us to follow him. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he'd taken it off. So he puts his clothes back in. Just, just bear that in mind. He puts his clothes back on and he jumps into the water. Simon Peter, if, if you think you're not clever enough to follow Jesus... This was the first one Jesus called. I'm in a boat. I want to get to the shore. I know, I'll put all my clothes back on. Don't ever think you're not clever enough. Simon Peter, absolute nutter. Anyway, that's not in the Bible. That was my little addition, okay? The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. So he could have actually sailed as well, couldn't he? He wanted to get to Jesus because he realised his chance hadn't gone. The call to follow was still there. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus already had fish. That's another amazing thing in this passage. Jesus already had it. He didn't need them, but he wanted them. Yeah, he didn't need them to provide because he'd already got it. But he could give them more than they knew. He could give them more than they had. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. A few questions about that passage, isn't there? Those of you who've been to Soul Survivor will know that Mike and Andy, who speak at Soul Survivor in the past, always go, who on earth was counting the fish? Who on earth at this moment where Jesus is back again is counting a load of fish? 
There's a significance that I hadn't realised. I've just said to you that the Hebrew alphabet is numerical. Also, the, the, the numbers were very important. We're just going to have a few insights here, okay? So these experienced fishermen catch nothing again. Second time this has happened. These masters of their trade can't do it. But when Jesus says, do it this way, wow. Maybe you think you are the master of your trade. Maybe you think you are in control of everything that you want to be in control of. Can I just say, give it Jesus, because he gives more. You know, we can't always control everything, but God says, I can give you more. I can give you abundantly. I can give you more than you've got. The Hebrew word for fish shares the same roots as the Hebrew terms that denotes anxiety, worry, and fear. I didn't know that. But the Hebrew word for fish stems from the roots for the words for anxiety, worry, fear. These fishermen had gone back to the things that they used to do before they met Jesus. They'd gone back to the old way. And they were fishing out of their anxieties, worries, and fears for the future. They were focused on the worries. They were focused on how they would provide. They were focused on what happens next. We've devoted three years of our lives to this guy, and he's been killed. They were worried. They were anxious. And when they fished in that place, they got nothing. Yeah? But when they fished with Jesus, they got everything. They got everything. Wow! Here's another thing. The 153 fish, okay? Why count them? Why record such a specific number? Well, to us it means nothing. But to them it meant an awful lot. To these people who were reading this written down, 153 is the numerical value in the Hebrew alphabet of this phrase, I am the Lord your God. Wow. They would know that. 153 represents the words, I am the Lord your God. That's amazing, isn't it? That is incredible. That is the very thing that Jesus had said to them already and that they knew. Not only that, it's also the numerical value of the word in Hebrew for the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb was the lamb that was sacrificed to save the Israelites. 153 is the number that represents the lamb. Wow. That's amazing. Is that coincidental? Don't think so. Thirdly, according to an early church father called Jerome, there were 153 different species of fish present in the Sea of Galilee. If that isn't a sign that Jesus came for everybody, no matter your background, no matter where you've come from, no matter where you are, I don't know what is. And that he can be the Lord your God if you say, yes, I will follow him. And that he can be the lamb that takes away your sin if you will follow him. And that he can be the one that has taken the punishment for your sin. Jesus is saying to them, Remember, here was where I called you. This is the same spot on the Sea of Galilee. This is where it happened before. This is where I called you. Imperfect people, but the perfect place to meet you. Remember when I said I was the Lord and you said that I was the Lord. Do you remember that? 
Remember when, when I said that I had to die, I was going to have to die just like the Passover lamb, just like the lamb that was sacrificed to when you came out of Egypt. Do you remember that? 153, it's all there. That's incredible, isn't it? That is incredible. And Jesus says, I've done it all for you. Get back to the follow me. Get back to the call that I gave you. Get back and catch the fish that I've shown you what to catch. Get back to the beginning and start again. Don't think it's all over. Don't think it's all finished because it's not. Follow me. And today as we come to an end, the call comes to all of us. Follow me. No matter your position, your background, your situation, Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. Not just out of danger in a dark place, but to a life of walking with the one who will never let you down, who will be more than enough, who will provide for you what you need. Do you know, I love the fact that in the book of Acts in the early church, it's Peter and John that join forces. The two and the two, one from each, comes together. They're united. God uses us in partnership with each other and with him. I love the fact that they're still walking together and that they're still following this journey of faith. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, tell the story of them going to the temple and the man saying, give us some money. And they say, we haven't got any money. But what we have got is the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man went walking and leaping and praising God. Yeah? How did they do that? They didn't do it because they were fishermen. They didn't do it because they were people. They did it because they had Jesus with them. And the same Jesus that was available to them is available to you. Stop fishing out of the worries and anxiety of the past. Stop going back to those things. Stop going back to that old call. Come back and say each day, God, what are you calling to me today? What are you calling to me today to follow you? If you're not a Christian today, maybe you've never accepted that call to follow him. He's amazing. He puts a number in the Bible that is like, wow. But because we're not Hebrew speakers, we don't understand that. But they would have done. I think sometimes we lose the amazingness. I don't know if that's a word. We lose the amazingness of God because we skim over things. Jesus said, follow me to his disciples. And he still says it to you. The people were amazed by Peter and John. And do you know what? After they healed that man, in the name of Jesus, they were told to stop. People were jealous People didn't want them to talk about their faith. They didn't want them to share Jesus because it was a bit controversial. This was the man that had been killed and he wouldn't go away. He wouldn't go away. Do you know why? Because he rose again. He didn't go away. He's still here today. They were told to stop. Stop speaking and we'll let you go free. They were hauled in front of the courts. Why? Because they made a man well in the name of Jesus. People were jealous. People didn't like it. But they didn't stop. Why? Because Jesus called them to follow him. And they had no intention of stopping following him. They had a calling on their lives to keep going. Because an authority higher had told them to. There is a higher power. His name is Jesus. His name is, is God. His name is Jehovah. Peter and John had a calling on their life to follow him and fish for people. The first part is the call. And the person calling. The second part is the response. And who responds? Have you responded to that call? The simplicity of follow him? What does it say in that first passage in Matthew? At once they left their nets and followed him. Or immediately. You know, 
This was late. It says they were preparing their nets. They'd been fishing all night at once and immediately. The response was to leave the old tools behind and pick up the new ones and to step into new life, to leave the old ways behind and to step into the new ones, to leave the security of the boat. They were asked to do that another time, weren't they? To leave the security of the boat, the thing they thought was going to protect them, the thing they thought was going to provide for them, to leave that security because Jesus knew he was more than. To leave that past way. Jesus asked Peter to leave the security of the boat to walk on the water. Do you know the call from God today on your life might not be to security and safety, and you might not want to hear that. But it might be a call to more challenging waters. It might be a call to the unknown for you. It might be a call to totally scary things that face you. But do you know what? God isn't unknown. And God also isn't to be, God isn't somebody who is going to damage and harm you. God is going to provide, he's going to give you the best. No matter what. Because it's not unknown to God. And it's not a challenge to God. Because he can move mountains. Do you know the time of day they might have been tired and grumpy? They didn't go home and sleep on it and think, well, I'll consider this later. They didn't go home and think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go and seek my advisors before I do this. The response to the call was at once, immediately. This morning, here's the call to you and to me. Follow Jesus. What's your response? Is it at once? Is it immediate? Or are you thinking right now, oof, not sure about this? Because I can tell you there are people in this room this morning, there are people watching online who have experienced the amazingness of God. I don't know if it's a word, I'm going to keep using it. There are people here who've experienced the amazingness of God. They can tell you of how God has transformed their lives. They can tell you of how following Jesus, it's not always easy, but it's definitely better. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'll just go home and think about it. No, Jesus came to his fishermen and went, follow me. You've seen and heard about me, now follow me. This morning, what's your response? That's the call. It's that simple. The response needs to be immediate. Why? Because he can be trusted. Because he offers better than. Because he offers better than we already know. You know, in Acts, they still don't have money to throw at the problem. Peter and John still have no money. But God's providing for them enough. <laughs> what do they have? They have the name of Jesus Christ and there is power in the name of Jesus. As I've come to an end, and honestly, I am doing now. Honest. Following Jesus doesn't mean going to church. That's a great part of following Jesus. It's important that we get together and we share together. But it doesn't mean going to church. Following Jesus, you know, Peter and John went to synagogues regularly. That wasn't what it was all about. Following Jesus doesn't even mean liking Jesus and what he has to say. It means loving him. But it also means sometimes things have to be left behind in order to follow him. Whether it's nets, in this situation, it was families, it was boats, it was businesses, it was relationships. It was the old ways that had to be left behind. What is Jesus asking you constantly to leave behind so you can follow him better? Do it immediately. Do it at once. Stop the prevarication. Is that the right word? I don't know. Stop the... Thanks, Jeff. Jeff's nodding, so it must be right. That's okay. Stop that wondering about it. And do it now. Respond today. The old ways need to be left behind. Or are you still keeping your nets on standby? 
Are you still keeping the things there so that you can go back to them just in case? Jesus calls us out of the boat. He calls us out from the side. His call is to follow, and the response needs to be immediate. The call is also to minister to others. So once you've been called, you need to minister to others. He wants to use you. It wasn't just follow me so we could hang out together and have nice times. It was follow me because we want to see change together. We want to see transformation. We want to see lives that are saved and lives that are redeemed. And he's calling us today. Maybe you've never responded. Will you? Will you follow him to a life of more than we used to be? If you already say you're following him, what's he calling us to leave behind? Maybe there's a fresh call to something. Fishing for men. I'm not saying ladies, that's what you're doing, okay? Maybe it's a new ministry that needs to rise up. of fishing for people. He wants to use your skills, your talents, your abilities. Or maybe this morning he is bringing you back to the place where he first called you. Maybe he's bringing you back to that place where he first said, follow me. And he's saying, remember that time? I want to move forward with you today. I want to keep going with you today. Remember what's happened, that no matter where you've wound up now, he can start afresh with you, and he wants you to keep responding to the call. What's the response? At once? Immediately. I song I heard on Friday, and I finished with this. I do, this is the third time I'm finishing. It's the third time I finished, honest. It's because I've added bits in, and you sort of forget what you've added in. I heard a song that was released on Friday by Elevation and Maverick City, and it has these lines, and it says this, it's not a building you want to fill, but it's my heart. This empty space is what you've wanted all along. Wow. It's not a building God wants to fill, it's your heart. That empty space is what he's wanted all along. And he says today, give it me. You can trust me. Follow me. That's the call to follow. Simple call. So what's your response? You're what he's wanted all along. You're what he's wanted all along. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for that simple call. And I pray today that as we, as we wait on you, I pray, Lord, that we will be willing to know your love for us, your love with us. I pray, Lord, that we will know your presence with us. And Father God, whether we've been called before or whether this is the first time we've been asked to be called, I pray, Lord, this morning that we will respond immediately and say, yes, Lord, we give it to you. We leave behind the nets, the boats, the things that get in the way, and we follow you. Father God, may this morning be the perfect place that you call us as imperfect people to journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen.